Welcome everyone to Coming and Going, a podcast designed to be a biblical guide to your parenting journey. My name is Joe Crabb, and I have the blessing and privilege of being one of the family pastors here at Woodside, uh, serving specifically at the Troy campus. Yet part of my role uh, is to partner with the kids and students team across our campuses. And in preparing for this podcast, we have done just that. Partnered together, have had various conversations to collaborate on how we best work together to continue to come alongside you to equip and encourage and empower you in the God-given role you've been given as parents. So again, let me officially welcome you to Coming and Going. We are designed to help you uh, by being a biblical guide to your parenting journey. And that name of our podcast is actually pulled directly from Scripture, specifically uh, Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. It reads this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. God has instructed us to share and show the truths of his word and who he is to our children as we are coming and going. And this means that we find both organized ways, such as a family Bible study, getting them plugged into a Christ-centered community, praying as a family, and in organic ways, as the circumstances of life that occur to remind them ultimately of the truth of who God is. So whether that's walking around the grocery store, avoiding the death trap that is the pickup circle at the school, sitting around the dinner table, Wherever you are coming from and going to, we all know that there are opportunities with our kids to reflect in the truth of God's word and the humble love of Jesus. And so truly, we are excited to partner with you in that process. And at the end of the show, we'll talk more about how to stay connected. Uh, But for now, let's go ahead and turn our attention to today's topic, uh, which is parenting for an audience of one. And now what we mean by this is keeping our parenting grounded in God and focus on him bringing him glory by pointing our kids back to Christ constantly as we're coming and going. Now, parenting is not performative, but a passionate expression and reflection of the love that we've received from our Heavenly Father. The idea of parenting for an audience could easily give the connotation of our efforts being based strictly off of performance. Yet as parents, many of you have sat in an audience to partake in the athletics or academic competition or other extracurricular activity our child is a part of. And we know truly in those moments, what ultimately matters the most to us is not their performance, but in taking delight as they embrace a passion, enjoying the gifts they've been blessed with. And as they take delight, so do we. Our parenting is not about performing, but about passionately embracing the gift God has given us with our kids. Remembering the whole reason why we're able to do so is because of God's grace and goodness. And that our ultimate aim is to point our kids to the truth of the gospel, all to the glory of God. And as such, we experience joy as God takes delight in our faithfulness. And yet there are often traps that hinder us, whether in our faithfulness, experiencing joy, fulfilling our purpose as parents. And that's what we're going to do now. We're going to address three of those traps. I know that there are countless more that we can address here today. But today I want to take a look at three traps, what the truth of God's word says, And what are the tangible next steps to take? And those three traps are comparison, control, and confinement. 
Again, comparison, control, and confinement. Let's start with comparison. We might often find ourselves in a comparison trap in many different ways. We might find ourselves comparing to how well other parents appear to parent. We might find ourselves comparing to how well other kids seem to behave. We might find ourselves uh, thinking and comparing about how our kids may or may not excel and other kids excel in comparison to our own or even the exact opposite. At times, we might not look and say, comparing, man, they are so great and we are so bad, but we might find ourselves on the arrogant side of parenting and thinking, man, I'm glad that that's not my kid, or my kid is so much better than their kid, or I'm such a better parent than they are. We might find ourselves uh, even comparing what we're providing for our kids in comparison to what our parents provided for us. And that strive and desire to want to provide something better for them, all rooted in a good sentiment, can ultimately make it about our performance and providing just uh, that for them, as opposed to doing what our primary aim is in parenting, of wanting to point them back to the truth of Scripture, to who God is, and to give Him glory. We can inadvertently find ourselves trying to create glory because we compare ourselves to others and find ourselves better or find ourselves in despair. So how do we identify this trap? Well, I hope that for some of you, if you find yourself in the trap, if you've heard those words, that perhaps they have left you feeling unsettled. But as such, the truth of God's word settles us as it leads us and guides us according to where God would will for us to be as parents, ultimately abiding in the truth of his word. The Apostle Paul shares with us in Galatians 1 verse 10, writes this, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're servants of Christ. As parents, we are servants of Christ first and foremost. And so in our efforts of parenting and even the comparison trap we might find ourselves in, we must ask ourselves, am I doing this to please myself or am I doing this to ultimately please God? And if we're finding ourselves in those moments pleasing God, then regardless of how our kid might compare or add up, I get that, hey, You might not like the fact that your kid uh, seems to have two left feet and couldn't dribble a basketball to save their life. But man, if they know who they are in Christ, then that comparison means nothing. Ultimately, we're not looking to see them be people who can just perform well in this world, but people who can be faithful to Jesus above all things. The comfort and encouragement we find and asking ourselves that question of how does this ultimately make them more like Christ and how does it give us opportunity to share the gospel finds us in a place where we're glorifying God and in it we see God redeem all things and we also see God give eternal purpose to the things our children and by us proxy by proxy us as parents are a part of so and we find ourselves in that trap of comparison. Let us remind ourselves of that truth of God's word, that our aim should always be to look to please Christ and not looking to the left or right of us, but focusing our heart and our energy and our effort in abiding in him. And so what does that tangibly look like? Personally, I think the best place for us to start with is gratitude. 
and realizing that God has blessed us as such in so many ways. Each and every one of us, we do not deserve the grace that we've received. And yet, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, as Paul writes in Romans 5, 8. So the very breath that we breathe and the very opportunity we have to discuss what it looks like to glorify God in our parenting is a gift that's been given to us. Furthermore, Scripture is very clear that, that children themselves are a gift. And James 1.17 talks about how every good and perfect gift is from above, coming from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every breath that we breathe is a miracle given to us by our Creator. And furthermore, we see those miracles multiplied in immense ways by being able to be parents. That should lead us to a place of gratitude. It terrifies us, and it terrifies us to a point of comparing so we know how well we are doing or trying to find how well we are doing. But when we rest assured that God in his goodness and his sovereignty has led us to this place, has blessed us with our children, and that all of this is truly a gift from him, we can rest assured in finding ourselves grateful and knowing that God is with us, that he is for us, that he's leading us and guiding us, and that he is indeed redeeming even the broken parts of us as parents and the broken parts of our children that we experience firsthand. Let us be found grateful for the work that God has done and will continue to do through the day of completion. And I know that this is simple, and that is something that we often are, are, are it's known to us, but often we just need to be reminded to pause and to give thanks. And our gratitude acknowledge our need for God as we give him thanks for all he's done. And this helps us actually with the next trap we're going to focus on, and that is the trap of control. Now, there's a difference between care and control. Uh, I, I find myself constantly in this battle with having a four-and-a-half-year-old of wanting control. I want control over everything, and everything does seem to be a battle, uh, even just what she eats for breakfast, when she goes to sleep, all this stuff. So much so that a constant reoccurrence in our household is my wife opening up the fridge and finding random small plates of five or six raspberries or a quarter slice of a waffle and asking me, why is this here? Well, because I gave up my control of wanting our daughter to eat it or because she wanted to save it later and I have been given the gift of prophecy to see ahead of time of a potential meltdown when it comes snack time and the smathering of raspberries or the half-bitten waffle is not available. Needless to say, those things end up in the trash. <laughs> but I feel that very real tension of wanting control and it's really tough of wanting control and trying to, to also care well for your kids because we want them to know and we are working with the knowledge of all these things. Hey, listen, you're not gonna eat those raspberries later. We don't need to say them. Hey, listen, you don't really need to go out with your friends right now. Hey, listen, you don't really need to purchase that thing. Now. That's not really a need, that's a want. We operate as parents with having all of this knowledge and sometimes in wanting to care well for our kids, we can find ourselves controlling because we know better than they know. And we've all either heard it or have said it because I say so. And there is some truth in that, but there can also be the rooted issue of control. 
So we can all admit that perhaps at times we confuse care and control. And we can do that when we feel like we're spiraling and we tend to grasp onto the closest thing we can control. And in it, we enter this kind of vicious cycle and we find ourselves lacking confidence in who Christ has designed us as parents. And we feel like we've lost ground. And so we put on our battle armor, we try to regain control. And when we do this, when we become combative and can try to control without a Christ focus, without that biblical guide to our parenting, we ultimately tend to hurt those who we're caring for, our kids. They end up being the closest to that collateral damage. Quite literally fighting for our kids can hurt them when we don't do it in a way that brings the attention back to Christ. And so how do we find ourselves navigating out of that trap? Again, looking back to the truth of Scripture. Scripture steps in to be that light yoke that sets us back on this path of working towards glorifying God in our parenting. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. The letters Paul wrote to Timothy were written from a heart of spiritual fatherhood. And Paul is teaching Timothy how to love his sheep well. His guidance here is one we should all heed as we consider our families. And it's important to know here that the word fear here is a Greek word that connotates a shameful, weak, and selfish character. Not a character filling us with, as we've talked about, the Holy Spirit. You know, fear is the main driver in those need to control things. That somehow, if I do not hold all the more tightly to this, something will go wrong. And in the end, where fear rules, love cannot abide. Again, in the end, where fear rules, love cannot abide. So in this scripture, God is promising us the spirit of power, his power, when we're saved, we're filled with the Holy Spirit and the same authority over sin that rose Jesus from the grave. And the greatest power we can utilize in our parenting is love. And that reminder that we see in 1 Corinthians 13, that this is indeed the greatest spiritual gift, that love is patient and kind, it keeps no record of wrongs. It protects and trusts, it perseveres. And so as we look at that tangible next step, we have to ask ourselves, do we pray to be filled with the spirit of love by the power of that Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us in his way everlasting? And would we embrace this love and in embracing it, help us to give God greater control? For sometimes what we need to pray is the exact same prayer that the Father prays in Mark chapter 9, verse 24, when he cries out to Jesus and says, I believe help me in my unbelief. As parents, that's perhaps the next tangible step for you, to just stop and pause and realize, yes, Lord, I do believe that ultimately you are leading, you are guiding, that you will redeem my broken parts as I parent and my broken parts as a person and my child's broken parts. But God, as I'm wrestling through this, help me in my unbelief. And so we're moved from the trap of comparison to the trap of control. And honestly, at times when we find ourselves in those traps, it kind of leads to or is a fruit of this final trap that we call confinement. And what we mean by that is our tendency to confine or isolate ourselves away from a number of things. This could be confining ourselves often from... Uh, 
other people, other parents who can impart wisdom on us, uh, those who can encourage us or lift us up in prayer. Um, it can ultimately confine us or isolate us from Christ, whether that is spending time with Him in prayer, spending time engaged in a Christ-centered community through uh, main worship service, to life group, to even our individual time studying God's Word. And so we need to be aware of perhaps they're experiencing that fruit of comparison or control because we have been confining ourselves as parents, not allowing God to speak into our lives, not putting ourselves into a posture of humility and abiding uh, through prayer. Uh, and so making sure that we are not isolating ourselves even from Christ and from that Christ-centered community. So as we confine Christ to a box of what he can and can't do within our parenting, we're experiencing those limits. So how do we come out of that? Well, the truth of Scripture tells us something much different, that we're not to confine, we're not to do this by our own energy and efforts. We are told that if we want to have impact of real value, that we can do nothing confining or isolating ourselves, but we must first abide in him. One of the most beautiful passages of scripture is found in John 15 verses 4 and 5 and really the entirety of John 15 is Jesus is reminding us of our need to abide in him, that he is the vine and we are the branches. In verses 4 and 5 he shares this, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So how can one expect to see the fruit of Christ in the life of our child when we do not abide in that vine? And I know for some of us, the difficulty might be is that we are finding ourselves perhaps in a spirit of pruning, as Christ says that in John 15, that we might be being pruned so that greater fruit could grow. This might be in a difficult season of parenting for you, but I hope that you'd be encouraged in taking that tangible next step of acknowledging our need to abide. As we abide and we allow the word of Christ to dwell in us richly and to flow through us, we know that fruit will be produced. Christ is clear with us that in John 15, as we abide, fruit will be produced. And so let us trust and be reminded of his faithfulness that he is indeed doing that good work. And I know at times we can be caught up because our parenting can seem like we're just going from crisis to crisis and putting out fires. But let us be reminded in the midst of that, that the driving force behind our parenting is Christ, that he is with us, that he is for us, and that we can find comfort in him. And so let us continue to be active in our prayer life, intentionally studying scripture, not just individually, but with our children, bringing them back to Christ and pointing them back to the truth of God's word as we are coming and going. And so as we are coming and going, this is meant to be your biblical guide to parenting. And as we are on this journey, like a country road, let me go ahead and take you on home. Thank you all so much for listening. We are excited to be a part of this journey with you, and we hope this has been an encouragement to you. 
If it has been, we ask that you would like, subscribe, and share. We have further resources for you available in the, the copy of, of this show as it's being posted across our platforms. And ultimately, as we leave you, let me just remind you that we love you, we're praying for you, and we're here for you as you are coming and going.